DJ and PK, time to talk a little golf with Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Brian, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? It's sure good to be on with talking some golf. I know. You ready for a, a weekend full of golf? You ready to sit down and watch 72 holes play out at the Colonial I mean, it'll be a little Heck odd. No. There will be no roar of there will be no roar of the crowd. It'll be more like watching a college tournament, or or maybe some of the some of the tournaments on the European tour. It doesn't look like there are many people out there. Um, well, you, you know, or maybe the Web.com, you know, which is now the Corn Ferry Tour. It's going to be a little quiet out there. But you know, I mean, honestly, do you, does anyone really sit down and watch seventy-two holes of golf? You I mean, I'll just, you know, I mean, it's. I'd rather go out and play 36 holes of golf and then watch 36 holes of golf. That, to me, that's like the perfect combination, just just for the record. Yeah, I can understand that. But uh, you think anybody's going to have an advantage over one versus the other with this situation of not having it for several weeks now? Well, I, I don't know. I think there'll probably be some that, you know, Troy Merritt's a good friend of mine. He uh, lives in Boise and, we visited him with him on the show last week, and, and he just kind of you know used self-deprecation and and said, "Look, it's, this is going to be pretty much you know everyone's going to experience what I experience on a weekly basis on the PGA Tour, and that is nobody's around watching, nobody's cheering, no, you know." And he, he just kind of kind of used that little angle as you know, I'm not one of the big name guys, so I don't typically have a lot of people cheering anyway, so it's going to be pretty normal. You know, Ryan Ryan Palmer's an interesting one. Ryan Palmer lives there; he's a member at Colonial. He's hitting the first tee shot in the return. And, you know, I mean, there's a guy that's used to playing, you know, without fans on that golf course on a regular basis. So I suppose if you think about somebody um, who is might have an advantage at least this week, you could probably look towards a guy like Ryan Palmer who's going to be a member playing what would feel like somewhat of a normal round with other really good players. Do you think that this will truly feel like a intense PGA Tour? With the usually we're tracking, you know, uh, the the points you need to get on a Ryder Cup team, or uh, somebody getting exemptions, or somebody kind of getting kind of rounding in a form, getting their game ready for the next major. And and so we usually have all these storylines and guys ups and downs. But because everything has stopped for what like three months now. Is it just going to be everybody's happy to be out there and none of those normal storylines we to chase are going to mean anything or are they going to be much discussed in this first week back? Yeah, I think people are going to try to manufacture that. That's a great point, DJ, because uh, listening to some of the press conferences from the week, it, there isn't a lot, right? It's not like, well, you know, how, how are you, you know, what did you do after you came so close last week to, you know, after you, after you three-putted to lose the tournament, you know, what did you do to get better this I mean, there's none of that, right? Or, hey, you're like you said, you're, you're this far down in the points, point standings. And, by the way, the, the PGA of America announcing that Captain Steve Stricker, if the Ryder Cup is played, uh, will get six captain's picks. So half the team will be captain's picks, which is interesting. Tony Fino currently at nine on that list. But, yeah, so there, there really aren't those storylines coming in right now because it's, it's literally like, well, let's just, you know, like what did you do over the last three months? How did you keep your game sharp and your mind sharp? And, you know, I was listening to DJ this morning. He's like, I went fishing, you know. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not, there's not a lot there. It's, there's nothing to pick up on. There's no momentum, as you said. So it really is going to be what happens in these first couple of rounds. 
to give us something to really build on for the weekend. And then what happens over the weekend that we can build on going into next week. And the hope is, is that it, the storylines that end up developing out of these four days of golf are actually golf and not uh, some sort of breach of safety protocol or, you know, and, and uh, heaven forbid an outbreak, you know, of, uh, of COVID or anything. So yeah, here, here's hoping that we can actually have some sports, talk about some sports, watch some sports and, sort of just have that be our, our what we enjoy seeing and talking about. You talk about building off of it. If this thing goes well, what do you think about fans down the line and when that will happen? So Ohio announced that uh, I think we're four weeks from Ohio. They're going to do back-to-back there at Jack's Place there um, at Muirfield Village, uh, back-to-back events. And uh, there's the governor of Ohio saying, bring on the fans. So we'll see him then. Uh, and hopefully that goes well unless something changes between now and then. But uh, I, th- is it, I think it's going to eventually um, look how we remember it looking. Um, you know, maybe with concessions and other things, or there'll be some precautions taken, I would suspect. But, and that's okay. There, there's, there can be some healthy um, corrections out of, you know, some of the hygiene stuff. But otherwise I think you're going to start seeing some fans get back out there. Golf is, you know, golf's in a perfect position to welcome that, right? Obviously you have crowds. Um, if Tiger's playing, people are six, eight deep and slamming in there and craning their necks and, you know, inches away from each other's faces trying to watch a guy hit a golf ball. But um, outside of that, at least, at least you're outside, right? You got fresh air, you've got some breeze, you've got, you know, it, it is a little bit of a, uh, of a favored venue, than being inside a, an arena, for instance, right? Uh, so, I, I think we'll see fans come back. I, I hope I hope things, you know, continue to progress in that way. That we keep working towards a cure, so that we, you know, or or a, a, a vaccine rather, so that we can start to have normalcy throughout all our segments of life. But but I think golf in particular has been great as an outlet for people during this time when it was shut down, and it's I think it's going to be great as a return for fans to be able to watch live sports. I saw that uh, Jordan Spieth's like forty for one, forty to one to win. Rory McIlroy is eight to one to win. Uh, based on what? Just uh, Rory being Rory? I, I don't know. I don't know how they do this stuff. Well, it, yeah. I mean, what can you go off of, right? right. I mean, Rory coming into this week. Let, let, if we say coming into this week and we start to go off what he's done this season, well, that was like a season ago. It feels like, right? But you know, before the break, Rory was by far the hottest player. You know, on the tour, he had played, I think, seven events and had seven top fives. I mean, the guy was lighting it up, and he had a W. So he's the number one player in the world. They, they paused the world rankings, which is kind of an interesting thing um, because there were some tours maybe in, in, in various areas that were still going, and, and so they wanted to make sure that nothing disrupted the, the current order of world rankings. And so that was paused. That resumes this week. And so yeah, I think you look at Rory as the number one player in the world, and, and he obviously was playing well before. We all know golf is golf is a bit of a fickle kind of thing, right? I mean, you can be playing great, and you can you can have, but three months is an eternity. I mean, you talk about having a <clears throat> having a window where you're playing well. I mean, a three month break is a lot, and so uh, we'll see. But these guys are the best players in the world. It's what they do. They're itching to get out. I think these guys are going to have some fun. Um, I think I think we're going <clears> to <throat> probably have a little bit of. Uh, light humor with guys that are, you know, they knock in a long putt and they just instinctively wave to nobody. But <laughs> I think I think we can have some fun with those little gestures and sort of idiosyncrasies. Uh, I think there's going to be some fun with the the fans or the caddy 
uh, uh, player exchange, how they're not supposed to, well, who's touching clubs, not touching clubs, who's, you know, uh, that, that's going to be a little bit uh, quirky and, and, and may provide some, some comic relief. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I think you're going to see, I think you see Rory play well. Um, you know, you mentioned Jordan Spieth. That's one of the unique things. Like, Jordan is actually a storyline coming into this because he's been playing awful. And he's had three months off to try to get things right without the scrutiny of the media on a regular basis. And typically when a golfer's struggling and they're trying to get things right, they got to go back out on the, the, the stage in front of everybody and, and fail and, and look horrible and then answer all the questions, even though they're in the middle of working on things. And they might be seeing some progress in certain areas. It's hard to see when you're, shooting, when you're putting up bad numbers. So um, Jordan's had some time off. Uh, he's been able to, you know, like everybody has. So guys that, that guys that needed to work on some things, this could benefit. Guys that were red hot like Rory, I don't think, you know, you never want to stop playing when you're hot. So uh, th- those are, I guess, some of the sidelines that maybe you'd look at coming in this week. So we've seen in the general world here as far as golf courses have been remained to be open or they've been reopened a lot sooner than other places. And one of the, they have a lot of precautions now, whether it's one person per card or you can't touch the flagstick or the no rakes in the traps. Is there going to be anything different at the PGA level relative to what's been going on? Yeah, so you know that that, that caddy the player relationship. So there there are some things. So the players are, are not supposed to touch the flagsticks or the rakes, which is pretty typical, right? Normally, normally the caddy handles that anyway. Sometimes out of convenience, a player might grab a flagstick for somebody. But they've asked that the, the caddies only touch the the flagsticks and the rakes and uh, the golf bag. But the players are supposed to pull the clubs. So typically, a caddy, you know, there, there's a natural muscle memory, you know, with a you know if a guy's coming out of a you know, hitting a sh- an iron shot into a green, an approach shot, you know, the caddy's right there ready to take the, 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 the eight iron or the wedge or whatever he's hitting and at the same time hand him his putter. And, and, and that's not supposed to happen. So in order to try to, to maintain, you know, the social distancing and the less, you know, keep people from, you know, spreading any potential things, um, the, the, the player will pull the club and put the club back in the bag and the caddy's supposed to not touch the golf club. So, and then there's sanitizing stations on every tee box. So, um, once a once a caddy touches a, a rake or a flagstick, apparently there's a volunteer that will come out and wipe that down. When they get on the on the box, they're they're going to be sanitizing golf bags, you know, um, several times throughout a round. Which, again, I, I'm not sure how much of that is, you know, making sure that you're optically doing everything that you could think of to do versus what's actually helping. I think there, there's probably some discussion around that, but at the same time, they're they're, they're trying to they're, they're trying to keep what they can from. They talk about a bubble, right? They're trying to keep a bubble around the players. Uh, they're not allowing their families to come out. They're re- asking them to stay in a specified hotels or bring their own RV if they're going to stay in that. And they're testing them every time they get to the golf course with the temperature. They're, you know, they're going through all these things. And then on Saturday, you make the cut. Saturday, they're going to give you another test, and that gives them a couple of days to process that test to make sure that you haven't come down with it in the meantime. And then they're chartering flights be- for all the tour players and the caddies to go ahead and and uh, charter over to the next tour event. So they're trying to sort of take this bubble of the tour, come into a, a city, not not spread anything within that city, not have any of their tour players uh, in, infected, and then move on to the next one so that they can keep playing. And and so that there are some things that they're doing, um, and and really trying to, to make some efforts to do this safely. And and I think the last thing we want to see is a, is an extended delay, an additional delay. So along those lines, uh, as long as there is no delay because there's no massive outbreak or something like that, these guys have been off 13 weeks. 
One thing that I find a little bit of a drag about golf is, you know, there's a big tournament, there's a major, and a week after the major, everybody's off, right? But now that they've been off so much, I've been hearing some stuff like these fields are going to be loaded every week. We're not going to have these usual, you know, there'd be a few down weeks scattered where guys take time off and it's not as elite a tour. You think we're really going to see... You know, I think it's 16 of the top 20 at Colonial this week. And no Tiger, obviously, but 16 to 20, that's, that's a pretty good deal right there. Are we going to see that week in and week out? I think you're going to. You know, guy, look, there's 11 weeks left until you get into the playoffs, and there's a lot of guys that don't have any FedEx Cup points. You know, the way the big names schedule their, their, or, or handle their schedule, they have to grind so hard in the fall when you go from – you know, the major season to the, the playoffs with a WGC or two sprinkled in there and then right into some sort of a cup, you know, they, they typically take that fall uh, restart time off. And that's when a lot of the guys that have just come off the Corn Ferry Tour or some of the guys that are further down the list, they go out there and they make hay and they get the points built up. And, you know, and it's like they almost give them a head start and then the big namers come, you know, roaring back in you know, in January, February, March, and leading into the Masters. And by the time you get to the FedEx Cup playoffs in August, you know, those, those guys that got that little head start, they're barely hanging on for their card. And the big names come roaring back, and they're back in the top 10, 20, you know, 30 type thing. So, um, but, but in this case, it got all shut down before those big names could really get rolling. And so a lot of them, like Brooks Kepka, like 200-something in the FedEx Cup standing. So technically he wouldn't even make the playoffs if it started today, which is, which is unique. So those, those guys got some ground to make up. Uh, I think just like all the rest of us, they've been sitting around bored. These guys are, uh, are competitors. Uh, DJ saying this morning, the biggest thing he's missed is the competition. That, these guys are that, that they thrive off of of being go, being able to go out there and and compete against the best in the world and win. And so I think you're going to see him come out and play. I, you start hearing about guys that are tired. Well, then they, you know they haven't kept themselves in shape over you know over this off off time and 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 that's their deal. But I, I think you're going to see guys giving it a go and trying to play as much you know. Uh, six, seven events in a row, eight of the, eight or nine of the final eleven events. You know, just to just to get themselves ready to go for the playoffs. And, and here's another thing to consider, DJ. Most of the contracts outside of the largest names, I'm talking about the superstars like the Tigers, Phils, Rory's, those guys. Outside of that, there's bonuses associated with playing at least a minimum of 20 events in the year with yeah. your sponsors. So if, if you have a sponsorship deal with a particular company, you know. You, you you get you don't get the full benefit of that unless you play at least twenty events. So there's a lot of guys playing for other reasons besides just their FedEx Cup points and, and the actual game. And there's there's a business side of it as well. So I follow Golf Digest Brian on Instagram, and this morning they had a question: Who will have the best post quarantine facial hair this week? <laughs> <laughs> You see where we're at? Back to DJ's question about the storyline. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not Jordan Spieth. I just saw him interviewed, and he's clean-shaven. Oh, man. Uh, I think most of the guys probably, you know, I, I don't know. There comes a point, though, right? I mean, I, I think on a normal basis, these guys are fairly well uh, kept, if you will. Um, and so they've probably let it, letting it go for, or have let it go for the last, you know, three months. And maybe, maybe they're tired of it and ready to shave it back down again. Who knows? But, uh, but tour, tour players are funny guys, right? I mean, they're, you know, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty vanilla kind of, you know, atmosphere. And so, you know, guys will do some funny things with facial hair or, you know, obviously traditionally weird pants and, 
different kinds of things. So um, it's uh, it, it, we'll see. I, I I don't know. I, that's not one that I get into, but it's uh, it could be a it could be a no shave November in June. No. It's these okay. guys play these hot and humid spots, and it just looks miserable. And we all play. I mean, you go to a golf course in Utah, and everybody's in shorts, and we're not dealing with the humidity. The last thing you need is a big old beard. I mean, I'm surprised baseball players do it, but they're not out in the sun for you know four or five hours every day. That's a good point. Now, look, I'm I'm a clean shaven guy, so I I, I kind of think sometimes like I'm going to grow this thing out, and after about a week, I'm like, nope, coming off. So. I'm with you, man. I don't like the itch. Well, we appreciate a few minutes and uh, enjoy a weekend full of golf. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, enjoy some live sports here. And it'll, you know, I thought the match turned out pretty good a couple weeks ago, even though it was pouring rain in in Florida. But I, I got my juices going, and I'm excited to see these guys get back out there. And uh, you know, I, I just I want one player when he makes a, a long putt to just go. Woo! Or something, you know, in, in dead silence. It'll be fun. That, that, that's the kind of stuff that'll be fun to watch. I suspect when someone crushes a drive, they're going to turn to a camera and talk about how they activated their calves. I think that's the one that's going to stay with everybody. <laughs> or if some random caddy yells Baba Booey or mashed potatoes. That's actually the best thing about not having fans, not having to listen to that off the tee shots. But. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. See you guys.